Welcome to Cryptid Works, the podcast that delves deep into the world of cryptids, those mysterious creatures that may or may not exist in the hidden corners of our world. From Bigfoot to the Loch Ness Monster to the Chupacabra and the Mothman, we explore the legends, sightings, and evidence that surround these elusive creatures. Join us as we journey into the unknown and attempt to uncover the truth behind these cryptids. My name is Alex, and I will be your host for this adventure that we will take together. Now, before we get too deep into what today's episode, Skinwalkers, is going to be about, we're going to start with a brief background over the history of Skinwalkers. Now, Skinwalkers can be traced back to Navajo culture and tradition, where they are considered to be a type of witch or sorcerer with the power to shapeshift into different animals. According to the Navajo beliefs, skinwalkers are individuals who have chosen to embrace the dark side of their powers and use them for evil purposes. The Navajo people have a deep connection to the natural world and believe everything is interconnected. The presence of skinwalkers is seen as a disruption of the balance and harmony of nature, and their activities are associated with illness, death, and misfortune. The origin of skinwalkers are not entirely clear, but it's believed that they have been part of Navajo tradition for centuries. It's said that some Navajo individuals may be born with the ability to become skinwalkers, while others may be trained in the dark arts by existing skinwalkers. Despite the fear and apprehension surrounding skinwalkers, they continue to be an important part of Navajo tradition and culture. They serve as a reminder of the importance of respecting and honoring nature and the consequences that can arise from abusing power and disrupting the world's natural order. In addition to their significance in Navajo culture, skinwalkers have also been subject of interest in speculation and speculation in Western culture. However, it's important to note that the portrayal of skinwalkers in popular media often perpetuates harmful stereotypes and misrepresents Navajo beliefs and tradition. Now, side note on that, a big takeaway from what I just said is shows like Supernatural and, you know, Teen Wolf, they have their interpretation of skinwalkers and many other cryptids such as werewolves, uh, wendigos, anything you can really think of. They've been on Supernatural as a given. Teen Wolf is up for debate. But with that being said, you have to take what you see on those shows as well as in movies with a grain of salt because they don't necessarily hit the nail on the head when it comes to how the Navajo actually view skinwalkers. Now, in Navajo tradition, skinwalkers are believed to possess powerful abilities, such as the ability to transform into any animal they choose, communicate with animals, and manipulate the natural world around them. However, their powers come with a great cost, as they must engage in acts of great evil, such as murder, to maintain their abilities. Despite the fear and danger associated with skinwalkers, some Navajo people believe that they have the power to protect themselves 
from their influence through the use of protective amulets or prayers. There are also certain cultural taboos surrounding the topic of skinwalkers, such as the belief that speaking about them too openly can attract their attention and bring about harm. In recent years, there have been efforts to preserve and honor Navajo culture and traditions surrounding skinwalkers. This includes Navajo scholars and artists working to share their knowledge and stories with a wider audience and counter the harmful misrepresentations of skinwalkers in popular media. It is generally believed that killing a skinwalker is a difficult and dangerous task, requiring specialized knowledge and abilities. Some Navajo traditions hold that a person who wishes to kill a skinwalker must first obtain a specific type of arrowhead, which is believed to have special powers that can be used against the witch. Other traditions suggest that one must use specific herbs or other materials to protect oneself from the skinwalker's powers before attempting to confront them. It's important to note that skinwalkers and related beliefs are considered sacred and deeply personal to the Navajo people, and outsiders are generally encouraged not to try to engage in or learn about these practices without proper respect and cultural sensitivity. Overall, the history of skinwalkers is a complex and significant aspect of Navajo culture and tradition, reminding us of the importance of respect for nature, balance, and the consequences of abusing power. Now, this brings a specific location in the United States into question. The, this is a place in Utah that has been deemed Skinwalker Ranch. Now, there's a book that was written by Colm A. Keller and George Knapp that goes into how they, what happened, really, during their hundreds of nights and days and nights that they stayed on Skinwalker Ranch. The book is titled Hunt for the Skinwalker. Now, the reason that I bring this up is because, personally, I think that these two individuals have a deep enough background in what they're writing about and what they're doing on Skinwalker Ranch for it to be deemed uh, a trustable source. Like, for example, Keller holds a Ph.D. in biochemistry and is the former director of a research program investigating the biological effects of high-altitude radiation on astronauts. He is also the author of several books on paranormal topics, which, such as, as stated, The Hunt, or Hunt for the Skinwalker, which explores the strange and unexplained events that occurred on Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Keller's research and investigations into the paranormal have been featured in numerous media outlets. Knapp, on the other hand, is an Emmy award-winning journalist who has worked as a news anchor and reporter for various television stations in Las Vegas. He has covered a wide range of topics, including organized crime, government corruption, and the paranormal. Knapp is the co-author of Hunt for the Skinwalker, and has also written several other books on UFOs and paranormal phenomena. He is a respected figure in the world of investigative journalism and has received numerous awards for his work. Now, I bring this up because in the book, there is a quote that I'd like to share with you that directly explains 
what the Navajos think about witchcraft as well as skinwalkers. Now, in the book, they state, the Navajos believe that witchcraft is both an innate ability and a learned skill. In Navajo culture, witchcraft is not viewed as inherently evil. It is a practice that can be used for good or evil, but those who practice it with the intent to harm others are considered to be skinwalkers. Now, we're going to take a brief moment to kind of explain what Skinwalker Ranch is and how it became a hotbed for these supernatural phenomena that it's reported to have today. Now, Skinwalker Ranch has a multitude of owners. It's had a multitude of owners starting back in 1934 when it was owned by the Myers family. Now, while they reported no supernatural phenomena, the owners after them and up until now report many supernatural phenomenon, including skinwalker encounters. But it doesn't stop there. It goes so far that they've seen, heard, they, rather, they've heard voices, they've seen shadow people, they've, see, they've witnessed cow mutilations. And if you've seen the show, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, you can see that they've even seen cows just drop dead. No wounds, no, no anything. A very healthy cow just drop dead paralyzed. Now, getting onto Skinwalker Ranch isn't the easiest thing to do because it is private property. And we recommend that you don't try to sneak on because there's no point. They have security. They have cameras. It's constantly being monitored in search of these phenomenon. Now, you might be asking yourself, how did Skinwalker Ranch get its reputation? That can date back to when, before America even had Utah as a state. Now, there was a tribe called the Ute tribe, and they were partnered with the Navajos. They traded for many years, and that's just how they survived. Now, when America pushed to get control of Utah and get the land, the Ute tribe joined with the Americans and enslaved the Navajos. Now, due to this, the Navajos were filled with anger and ended up cursing the land with skinwalkers. Now, this is even more apparent when you consider that for 15 generations, indigenous tribes have referred to the sandstone ridge on the property and part of the Uinta Basin as being in the path of the skinwalker. Now, since we've covered that, I'm going to go into some encounters and sightings, right? Now, most of these are, or well, both of these are from Reddit, and I will tell you the Reddit, Redditor's handle before we go too deep into their story. Now, the first story we're going to read is from Redditor Navajo Joe, and it starts, I was a kid when this happened. My uncle and I were finishing up chopping and gathering firewood for my grandmother because it was getting dark. Driving back on a dirt road at about 30 miles an hour, give or take, five miles an hour. I had this awful sense of being watched. Before I could turn to look out my window on the passenger side, my uncle quickly shouted, don't. I completely froze. My heart felt like it was beating out of my chest, then completely stopped when I heard a tap on my window. My uncle sped up and was loudly praying in my native language. I didn't know what was going on and thought it was over 
till our truck suddenly dipped from my bed, or from the bed, my apologies. My uncle then started saying, look at me and don't turn away, over and over. Then I heard it again, tap, tap, but from the window behind me. It was getting harder for me to breathe and I wanted to cry. A minute or two passed and the truck dipped again. My uncle looked around and sighed. It was quiet, besides the truck and the road. He looked at me and said, We will ask your father to do a prayer in the morning so the evil will forget our faces. That's the Navajo English equivalent. I remember curling up on the seat and just staring at the radio, watching the time, listening to my uncle sing an old prayer till we got to my grandmother's house. I called my uncle because I had a nightmare about that night. We talked about it for a bit. He said, I didn't see faces, just eyes, like brake lights you would see on the road. It watched you. Before hanging up, I tried joking with him about it. Why didn't you just step on the brake when it was in the back? No laughter, just a pause. Because it wasn't alone. Our next encounter is from Redditor Navajo Joe 00. And he starts by stating that this is his father's story written from his, perspe- his perspective. When I was about 11 or 12, we lived in a small house made of mud and stone, a lot like our house now. It was two of my brothers and I in the house. Everyone else had gone to the jams fest, or jams feast, my apologies, and left us to tend the sheep. We were getting ready for bed when we heard the dogs going crazy outside. Thinking it was nothing more than coyotes howling in the distance, we told them to be quiet. We began to drift off into sleep, and the dogs would not shut up. Somehow, I was able to get to sleep for a few hours, then I woke up very late in the night. It was very quiet and still in the house, save for my brother snoring and breathing. I realized I needed to use the outhouse, and woke up my brother to take me there. He teased me about being scared, which I certainly was. We went out with our flashlight to the outhouse. The dogs began with their crazed barking out in the sagebrush, going from one place to the next. My brother went first, and I waited outside for him. While waiting, I tried to follow the dogs with my flashlight. Suddenly, there was a very loud whine from one of the dogs. Then everything went quiet. It was really too quiet for that time of year. Not even the sheep were making noise. Suddenly, I heard a few dogs going completely mad by the truck. When I looked over, there was this man. He was unbelievably tall, leaning on the cab of the truck. He was looking at the dogs for a little, and then suddenly kicked one of them. They all scattered in different directions. The thing looked up at me, and I saw its face. It had a pure white face, like a full moon. Two burning red eyes, and a slight smile that was pure black. I could not move or make a sound. It began to walk towards me with long strides until it finally towered over me. All I began to see was a dark red, like the color of blood when you cut the throat of a sheep. I kept getting deeper and deeper into its eyes. I could faintly hear my brother coming out of the outhouse. With this, the thing looked up at him. Reality came came rushing back to me. I noticed that my brother was too distracted with his buckle to realize what was going on. I also noticed these things 
long hands hovering just inches from my head. Its skin was black ash, and he smelled like a bloated dead animal in summer. I was still unable to move or speak. The skinwalker began to move towards my brother. Finally noticing this figure, my brother became paralyzed, just like I was. Closer and closer it drew, reaching an arm out toward my brother's head. Something finally snapped in me. I became unbearably angry. I broke from the trance and lunged at the skinwalker, raising my arms like a wild animal and baring my teeth at it. A growl came out I never knew I could make. I became more and more angry at the thing that was trying to hurt us. It kept the smile at first, but the angrier I got, the more the smile faded. Finally, with everything I had, I began to make this primal roar at it. It fell backwards and ran away into the night, looking back at, at me. Its eyes were dim and dull. Its smile now long since gone. The next morning, my family returned home from the feast. After relaying the story to my parents, they quickly hired a medicine man. Now, after hearing those, you're probably asking yourself, how can I actually avoid these encounters? Like, what should I do if something like this does happen? Well, I have actually five things that I could find that can help you survive and avoid skinwalker encounters. The first of those is going to be respect the land. Like, according to Navajo tradition, skinwalkers are said to reside in areas that are considered sacred or powerful. It is advised to be respectful of these places and to avoid them if possible. Two, avoid eye contact. Skinwalkers are said to have the ability to take on the form of any animal they choose, and it is believed that they are able to mimic human speech as well. If you encounter an animal that seems to be watching you, it is recommended that you avoid making eye contact with it, as this is said to be a way of challenging or provoking the skinwalker. 3. Carry protective items. Some individuals suggest carrying protective items such as sage, cedar, or other herbs that are believed to have spiritual properties. Others recommend carrying a protective charm or amulet such as a piece of turquoise or a horseshoe. 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 My apologies. Four, travel in groups. It is said that skinwalkers are less likely to approach a group of people than an individual. If you're traveling in an area where you believe there may be skinwalkers, it is recommended that you travel in a group for added protection. 5. Stay alert. Finally, it's always a good idea to stay alert and aware of your surroundings, especially when you are in unfamiliar territory. If you sense that something is not quite right or you feel uneasy, trust your instincts and take appropriate precautions. Thank you for tuning into Cryptid Works, where we explore the mystery, mysterious world of cryptids and the stories that surround them. Today, we delved into the legends and lore of the Skinwalker. From its origins in Navajo tradition to modern-day encounters, the Skinwalker remains a fascinating and enigmatic figure. While some may dismiss Skinwalkers as a mere superstition, Others take their existence very 
seriously. Whether you believe in the skinwalker or not, there's no denying the impact that this creature has had on the culture and beliefs of certain indigenous peoples. As always, we encourage our listeners to keep an open mind and to approach these stories with a healthy dose of skepticism. The world is a vast and mysterious place, and there is still so much that we do not understand. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Cryptid Works, and that it has inspired you to continue exploring the strange and fascinating world of cryptids. Until next time, stay curious and keep your eyes peeled for any unusual or unexplained sightings. Who knows? You may just catch a glimpse of a skinwalker yourself. And be sure to tune in next time when we dive into another chilling cryptid phenomenon, the black-eyed kids. These eerie entities have been reported around the world, and their stories have left many people feeling unnerved and disturbed. We'll explore the history and origins of the black-eyed kids, as well as some of the most famous encounters with these strange and unsettling beings. Join us as we try to unravel the mystery of the black-eyed kids and their place in the world of cryptids. Thanks again for listening to Cryptid Works. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review, and we'll see you next time for more cryptid tales and strange phenomena. Also, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. If you have any stories, theories, or experiences related to black-eyed kids or any other cryptids, please reach out to us on our social media pages or email us at cryptidworks19 at gmail.com. That email again is cryptidworks19 at gmail.com. We may even feature your story on a future episode. Remember, the world is full of mysteries, and the more we explore and learn, the more we can appreciate the wonders of our world. So join us next time for another intriguing episode of Cryptid Works. <laughs>